It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Caught me off guard a little bit there. First time getting the intro into the YouTube video. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. The Bengals open training camp, and Joe Burrow looks like a Greek god. We're going to start with Joe Burrow because (laughs) where else do you go other than the Bengals starting quarterback who wants to get hit in the preseason. That is, for me, one of the biggest headlines. He says he feels great, which is also exciting stuff, uh, that that he's very confident in his knee. said he has a little bit of rehab left, but this guy maintained his stance. We asked Brian Callahan about it. The coaches were asked. Mike Brown was asked. The guy wants to get hit. He wants to take a preseason snap, and I wouldn't let him do it, but I could see myself being convinced by Joe Burrow. It sounds good. It sounds good, right? He wants to go out there and get a hit once or twice. Guess what the Bengals don't want? Guess what Zach Taylor doesn't want or Mike Mike Brown? Joe Burrow to get hit in a meaningless game that no one's going to remember unless Burrow feels that hit in in the after effects of it. So I still don't think it's going to happen. I'm I'm actually more convinced uh, after today that it's not going to happen, just judging by uh, the way Zach approached things. And look, Joe might want to get hit. But he also said that that's something he wants to do every football season is get that first hit, second hit out of the way. And he's a freak like that. So I I believe him at the same time, risk, reward. Is it – look, if he gets hit uh, by Hunter from the Vikings, right, or whoever you want to say, um, two snaps or five snaps into the Vikings game, is that going to be any different than getting hit – in the third week of the preseason. I don't think he'd play against the Bucks. I don't think he'd play, uh, what, what is it, six days or eight days later uh, in the preseason. So then it would be, I think it's six days. Uh, it would be that final game. Are you really going to suit him up? I, I just don't see it. So maybe he does. He can say he wants to go. But uh, I think the first time we see Joe Burrow in a game on the field, when the clock is running, I think that's going to be week one against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. I don't think that the coaches and and ownership is going to let him get his wish here. But again, I mean, the guy, the guy is pretty persuasive and he's also pretty good at football. James, you were down there today, Paul Brown stadium, one of the few people able to observe practice up close ish in person, maybe on the opposite side of a football field, closer certainly than the bridge crew. I saw some video of some guys up on the bridge. I have heard that Joe Burrow looked good. What can you tell us? What are the what are the key observations about Joe Burrow on day one of practice? Certainly look good. And a lot of these out routes, right, when you're on the throw into the far hash, things like that, things that I think, and this is the benefit of YouTube, right? I can show my hands and stuff. So if you're watching on YouTube, the, these almost lollipop throws, not that he would throw it straight up in the air last year, but it had some arc to him. A lot of those were more on a line. 
And uh, I talked to a couple of different reporters that noticed that and, and wrote that down. So I think that not that they worked on the deep ball today because they didn't by any stretch, but you can see the, the difference in the way the ball is getting there. Um, so that w- was really noteworthy uh, when, when it comes to, to Joe Burrow. The other thing, he was under center and Trey Hopkins was snapping him the ball, which I think is I, almost a miracle that he's, you know, six and a half months removed, really six months removed from surgery, six and a half months removed, uh, six months and what, three weeks removed from actually tearing that ACL. And this guy's fully cleared, snapping in practice, didn't do uh, 11 on 11s right away, but man, he was out there uh, doing everything else. And again, they're going to take it slow with him, but uh, it, it was good to see. And it was good to see Burrow under center, like I said, because that was something that they uh, they didn't really do much of during OTAs. Under center, there were handoffs. There were people around him doing (laughs) things, moving their bodies. And I mean, it's just great to see, right? Great to see him being out there fully participating in the first practice. You couldn't ask for much more except for really fans to be in the stands. So the, the velocity thing. You you think that's real. It's not just confirmation bias. You think it should happen, so you're seeing it. You think that's a... I mean, I guess we have plenty of data points at this point, including the, the velocity readings from Jordan Palmer that says he's throwing the ball harder, but it was apparent to you today, you, say, you think. I, I do, and it was, it was not something I was necessarily looking for, but there were times uh, when T. Higgins, you know, had, had a guy on his back, and I forget the corner. I posted... Uh, the video, but it, it was just tight window type stuff. And he had to throw in a tight windows last year. So that's not uh, is surprising, but it was more of a dart than again, it was uh, a lollipop or, you know, there was less arc on it is, is a, a, how I would describe it. And uh, you know, that's me and my basketball mind, but yeah, I think it is real. Now the question is, is it sustainable? And I think given everything we know, and if you missed our conversation with Brian Callahan, go back wherever you get your podcast. It's not on YouTube, but wherever you get your podcast and, and listen. Because what Callahan said, it lines up with something that would be sustainable. If you're tweaking mechanics, that doesn't necessarily mean your arm is stronger. It means you're using it uh, more effectively, more efficiently. And like I was talking to... Uh, Mike Petraglia today, he covered Tom Brady for years and years and years, and he's in Cincinnati now. And, and I, I was talking to him about Burrow's velocity and stuff, and I was like, look, if you tweak mechanics, there's a reason Brady works with Tom House and is working on his hips and his movement and the way he he does that because he wants to get as much into it as he can. And, and, and so I think that that part is sustainable. And Burrow mentioned that too. He's like, I could make all the same throws last year, but it's about being more – effective in my steps. And, and one specific thing, Jake, and I don't know if you heard this, he wanted to get both cleats down into the ground when he's throwing versus yeah. not doing that. And that was one of the things he specifically mentioned. Yeah, that's in the Bruce Feldman piece over at The Athletic too. Burrow break, or Jordan Palmer, I think, breaks it down a little bit about having as many spikes in the ground as possible to push off as opposed to the tendency to lift the back heel I think it is a, is a small mechanical change, probably some other stuff that he's found in there too. There's some conversation obviously about core strength. We've talked about his hips and all those sorts of things. So um, th- yeah, the, the cleats thing is interesting and it's interesting that he repeated it after 
Jordan Palmer mm-hmm. talked about it with the athletic article. That's some some consistency, you know, from from the article to Joe Burrow's mouth. And I wish we could have heard as he told Ben Baby. He could, he said he could have talked about his mechanics for an hour. I would I would listen to Joe Burrow talk throwing mechanics for for an hour. But you know, hey, hey Ben tried. Ben tried, by the way, and, yeah. and Joe just kind of laughed it off. <laughs> yeah, and, and credit Ben for for getting some of that in because we got to hear some of it, which is certainly better than none of it. But uh, there, there are a bunch of other players on this team, James, and, and we should probably yeah. talk about some of them. Some of them we haven't seen for a very long time. Some of them we haven't seen at all. So let's talk about the rest of the players in camp and get some more of your observations coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, you might think Joe Burrow is going to be the comeback player of the year. You might be able to convince me that he's going to be comeback player of the year. But if you're certain, you should go to betonline.ag right now. Sign up and you can win money doing it. Look, it could be something as simple, not just uh, you know a Joe Burrow prop bet. It could be something as simple as taking the Bengals over. Uh, at six wins this year or the under if you think Zach Taylor and company are going to struggle in year three. BetOnline has something for everyone, whether it's Major League Baseball, UFC, MMA, the NBA draft later this week, or like I said, the NFL. So go there now, betonline.ag. And when you sign up, use promo code Locked On. you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, James, uh, let's talk about the rest of camp, shall we? We had a lot of press conferences today. We got to see Mm -hmm. the team go out there, and it was just the first day of camp, so not necessarily the most intense day of practice by any stretch of the imagination, but... We, we also heard from DJ Reader. You mentioned Trey Hopkins earlier was out there. Trey Hopkins not yet working in the team portion of practice is, is what I believe I, I heard. And you can confirm that, of course. But great that he's out there in any capacity. DJ Reader a full go. But the, the matchup and the player that I want to start with right now, James, if you have anything for me, and I think you do because you posted a picture of these guys, is Jamar Chase and Trey Waynes. How was that battle today? Did, did you have fun watching that one? Yeah, Jamar Chase, Trey Waynes, they, they went head-to-head a couple of times, and it wasn't just them. I mean, Chase went up against all of the Bengals corners. We saw him go up against Awuzier a couple times, Darius Phillips a couple of times, and he was kind of rotating in and out with the ones, so to speak. Uh, Auden Tate would get in there and get some reps, and, and obviously Boyd and Higgins were out there the whole time, and I just think that's Hey, rookie, you got to pay your dues a bit. But uh, Chase was certainly out there with the ones, uh, so I'm not downplaying that. But he had a couple really good grabs. And the thing that impresses me, Jake, with Chase, and and it's sort of hard to describe, but I'll do it anyway. He's twitchy with these really thick legs. But even though he's moving well and moving fast – it's it's kind of like he glides. It's it's not like Tyreek Hill where you can tell he's just this blazer, but he's it's it's almost like an effortless run 
where it doesn't look like he's trying that hard, and yet he's still got enough separation. And he had this great toe drag on the sideline. It was very Chad Johnson-esque, so much so that multiple guys on the sideline, uh, clearly pro-defensive, you know, coaches, water boys, stuff like that. They said, no, incomplete, incomplete. And it was one of the ones that I, I was able to get on camera. And upon further review, it was a catch. And uh, it was it was pretty sweet. He really did. He looked like Chad Johnson. I, I posted the clip at all Bengals. I'll have to uh, to tweet it out and throw it on YouTube as well. Yeah, I wish we had more real time video. I really do miss the fans, but I'm glad you're there to get us some stuff after the fact. And it's really good. The, the video you do is really nice, but that's exciting. I, I saw Ben Baby tweet about that one, too. That it was potentially the only incomplete of the seven on seven period or something like that. But then upon further review of video from James Rapine, complete catch. catch, There you go. Good thing we have journalists (laughs) acting as cameramen and officials on the sideline. How, how did the corners look? Uh, We we talk about Jamar chase and, and obviously in seven on sevens, you're expecting the receivers to win if, if they're worth their salt and, I know there was a rotation happening at wide receiver because I heard somebody talk about uh, Jordan Evans breaking up a pass intended for Stanley Morgan from Morgan Stanley, Morgan Stanley, Stanley, Stanley Morgan. Morgan, man, Stanley that's, Morgan. that's so confusing. <laughs> uh, Stanley Morgan from Joe Burrow. And so obviously they're rotating wide receivers. This is what you get with the YouTube experience. Now the one take experience, we get all sorts of bloopers that, this was behind the scenes in the past. This is great. Uh, but we Chase know that we're... Jamar. What's that? No, not nothing. I'm just, I said Chase Jamar. I was kidding. It doesn't go as well as, as Morgan Stanley. J- Jamar, a less, a less common last name, I think. But Chase, certainly a very common first name. I'm glad that, that there's some clarity, though, in Jamar's names. But anyway, we know the guys are rotating. Uh, but one of the big questions for this team is a remade secondary. Did they hold yeah. their own out there or, or what were your takeaways watching these guys for the first time? I, I think so. Now, again, it, it is tough. You're right. Seven on seven, the way it's, it, it's designed, but the times that I recall Trey Wayne's giving up catches, he gave up one to, to T Higgins on like a, a little slant where T fell to the ground and Trey was all over him. And there were a lot of contested catches, even the nice toe drag catch. It was a great play by chase but the corner was right on his back. And so from what we saw, I think it was good. Darius Phillips had a couple uh, pass breakups. So I, I think that that's a good sign. I certainly want to see him do more of that. And, you know, we saw him return some punts and Trent Taylor returned punts. I think those are the two primaries with Puka behind him, but uh, we'll have plenty of time to discuss that. But yeah, I think uh, overall it was a good first day, but it's tough at this stage, no one-on-ones. I'm excited for one-on-ones because once we get one-on-ones, one, I'm going to be able to get some really cool video. Two, we'll be able to see, can Trey Wayne stick with Jamar Chase? I mean, he's got good speed. He's got long arms. He's got the physical attributes. We'll see if he can do it. Of course, we know that one-on-ones, especially receivers versus corners, just so heavily favor the wide receiver, but they're still fun to watch and, and they're great video content. So I get where you're coming from. Yeah, look, in in favor of the receiver, the Bengals need to find CB1, right? You know, so maybe uh, Chidobe Ouse will step up or we'll see uh, Trey Waynes. Those would be the two. But even a guy like Darius Phillips, again, with mm-hmm. his ball skills, he's fun to watch on one-on-ones as well. 
And and were those pass breakups on on Joe Burrow passes from Darius Phillips? Did you happen to catch the quarterback? Mm-hmm. I don't. I I don't know off the top of my head, and I don't want to make make it up. Um, I I would probably say no, because I, I remember Joe was perfect. Because I had the conversation with Ben Baby about it, he was perfect because of that that catch. That, that Jamar had on the sideline. He was, it, it either made him seven of seven or eight of eight or something like that in that drill. Um, and, and I don't recall Phillips batting anything that Burrow threw, but it might have been. So, you know, it, Burrow did have uh, one ball that was nearly intercepted and dropped. I forget who had it uh, or nearly had it. it, was someone in the secondary. So there was at least one throw where he was rolling out where it was like, uh oh. And uh, everyone made a lot of noise and then it ended up being a drop. Got to love those noisy, incomplete passes when you're a fan of quarterback play. Let's uh, get into trenches, maybe. I think that this is the the most interesting, most important, perhaps, battle of camp. And we didn't have any injuries today, thankfully. Although, I, I guess we do have one injury update that, that we can get to. And we'll get mm-hmm. into the rest of camp, those trench battles and the the relatively injury-free day to wrap up today's camp recap coming up next. RockAuto.com is the place for you if you're trying to do at-home car maintenance. The weather has broke. It is nice. It's summer. It might be even a little hot, but now's the time to get that work done on your car that you need done. And you can do it for less at RockAuto.com. They save you 30, 50, even 60% on car parts. Something as simple as windshield washer fluid or air filters, or maybe you need a fuel pump or something more in depth, brakes, anything like that, go to rockauto.com. Check out all the parts they have. They're a family owned company. They've been in the business for more than two decades. You're going to save money. You're going to save time. I've used them. You should too. So go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, we should talk about the trenches, James, but maybe that starts with a couple of the press conferences that we talked about at the top of the show. You mentioned Trey Hopkins, Mm -hmm. who was exuberant in his praise of Frank Pollock and we also heard from DJ Reader. We saw Sam Hubbard wearing his JB3 shirt and with a little <laughs> grin on his face talking about Jesse Bates as a guy that he'd play with for a long time. Maybe a little bit of foreshadowing there from Mr. Hubbard. Maybe not. Maybe it just doesn't mean anything at all and he's just having fun with us. But some of the marquee guys in the trenches were in front of the media. And, and then Jackson Carmen. A lot of eyes on him and Zach Taylor heavily insinuating that that is going to be a true roster battle, a true competition in camp for the starting guard job. Yeah, I asked Zach about that because of our conversation the other day. And we were obviously talking with Paul, and I told Paul that. I was like, dude, until I read your column and Jake brought it up, I had no idea. I didn't even really contemplate the idea that Carmen wouldn't be starting 
But I think it's a scenario now, and it's a, a realistic scenario where the 46th overall pick is not the starting right guard. Now, I'm not saying he's still not the favorite, but look, you're talking about a rookie. You're talking about a guy that's making a position change from tackle to guard, making the jump to the pros. And I asked Zach about all that stuff. And what they're going to need to see is consistency and dedication and the mental side, which is something you mentioned. But to me, I saw him running with the third group. Now, I'm not saying it's the third string, third group, and call it whatever you want. I, once upon a time, Joe Mixon was the Bengals' third string running back on their first depth chart behind Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. So it's just one training camp practice. I'm not saying that Jackson Carmen is, is a third stringer, but what I am saying is, is this, to me, is very much a camp battle. He's going to have to earn it, and he should have to earn it. But my concern, and I'm just going to throw it out there now, and I know it's really early. My concern is... Jackson Carmen, let's just say he's just okay, and Xavier Suofilo beats him out. Now the, the Bengals, one of their long-term solutions, an offensive line, isn't starting week one, and they drafted him 46th overall, and they did so with other linemen on the board when they traded down at 38. Like That's going to open up a whole can of worms, and so I, I, it would make life easier on everybody if Carmen was just good out of the shoot. But uh, you know, if he is good, I think he'll be the starter, and if not – then I, I think there's going to be some people that are are looking sort of funny at the Bengals and their decision to, to draft him with the 46th pick. Well, they already are, quite frankly. And if it comes back up, you know, it's going to be the same people that were knocking the pick in the first place. And, and you know, they'll, they'll try to take some victory laps. But I'll say this. It's not the end of the world if your rookie offensive guard can't start in week one. Like, it's not good optics. It's It's awful optics for the Bengals, who many people think should have just stuck there and picked Tevin Jenkins or any of the other attractive lineman options, as you mentioned, James, were available when they traded back before they ended up picking Jackson Carmen. But if he needs to take some time to, to acclimate to the NFL, I would rather that than have a Mike Jordan situation where out of retirements and injuries and scarcity of depth on the team and a late arriving coaching staff, he's thrust into starting before he's ready. And so at least they have veteran options this year. That would be the silver lining. But I think you're right that it would be fair to look back at that draft selection and say, well, you guys, you guys could have gone a different direction here, especially because there's going to be comparisons. People are going to compare him, especially to Tevin Jenkins. But there were a number of guys, a, a number of different directions the Bengals could have gone with that pick. And if any of those linemen that were available in that little gap or even after Jackson Carmen have a, have a great start to their year, you can bet the Bengals fans will both hear it and be making that noise themselves. Yeah, I mean, it, it just opens up that can of worms again. Like mm -hmm. Penny Sewell guy heard for months from people like me saying, well, you can find the offensive lineman in the second round. And so it, it, the scenario played out right in my mind, right? And in, in, in a lot of people's minds, but then the Bengals zigged and got three extra picks or, or two extra picks rather traded down. And it seemed like, oh, well, you know, they're still getting their guy anyway. And here's what I'll say. Again, they were going to pick Jackson Carmen at 38. They were taking him over to Kevin, Tevin Jenkins. So with that said, you know, we'll, we'll see if he can deliver. And, and here's the thing. Uh, you mentioned Trey Hopkins news conference. The one thing that, that really stood out outside of him is what he said about Frank Pollock. 
And so if Jackson Carmen isn't ready, Frank is going to work his ass and make sure he gets ready. And, and that's the part of it. The sit, learn, and develop part of this. I don't think they had the guy that could develop these guys. The Bengals feel like now they do. So if Carmen isn't ready week one, to your point, that doesn't mean he's not going to be ready week five because he's going to spend every single practice doing exactly what he needs to do on each play because Frank's going to make him. And at some point, it's going to have to sink in. And again, this is all speculation right now. He may end up being the starting right guard. He may have a great preseason and be dominant and be mauling dudes. But uh, it is it is worth noting, and it's something that uh, we'll keep an eye on, obviously, over the next couple of weeks. Anything else before we move on to the most important topic of the show that you want to mention in terms of trench play? I heard Trey Hendrickson had a nice first day, looked the part, but I guess they're not really going full go yet in the trenches. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, and they're not going to. So Tuesday is their first scheduled full padded practice. A week from and, a week from now or so. Yeah, so if you're listening to this on Thursday or watching this on Thursday, uh, you still got five days. And, and that's welcome to it, right? That's how camp is. There are certain rules and regulations that the NFL has in place, and, and the Bengals have to have an off day. They're off Sunday. Monday, they uh, aren't allowed to be in full pads because of the, the rules. And then Tuesday, they'll be in full pads. So th- that'll be when we really start, and Zach mentioned this, when we really start to understand who Jackson Carmen is, who these young players are on both sides of the ball. And I think you could say the same for Joe Mixon in some capacity. When when things get live for running backs, when there's more contact, you can learn a little bit more. But looking at uh, Butch Hodgson's piece on Bengals.com, he was very happy with the way Joe Mixon looked today. It sounds like, but this is the most important topic of the show, James. I know we started with with Joe Burrow, but that was a mistake. And you know why it was a mistake is because we could talk about a kicker. The player of the day from Jeff Hobson's training camp practice recap on (laughs) Bengals.com is Evan McPherson. Butch wrote that rookie kicker Evan McPherson didn't look out of place in his first practice, drilling six out of his six field goal attempts with a long of 48 yards, which is great. And I guess that's great enough to make him the player of the day, not the quarterback coming off an ACL injury who was full go in the first training camp practice, but Evan McPherson, the kicker. And now we get kicker talk on Lockdown Bengals. Yeah. And it, look, I, I DM'd you some of those numbers because I wanted to remember them. Six for six, long of 48, kicked a couple more 40 plus yarders. And the the thing that stood out to me, it wasn't McPherson. Look, Good job, Evan. Your fifth round pick. That's like saying good. Like Joe, honestly, being a fifth round kicker is like being Joe Burrow first overall or Justin Herbert sixth overall in, in completing six passes and seven on sevens. Like that's what you're supposed to do. But the thing that stood out to me wasn't even Evan McPherson, even though he, again he rocketed those things. They were up high, plenty of distance, all that stuff. Austin Seibert didn't get a rep. This isn't a competition, and and so. I covered that Jake Elliott, Randy Bullock nonsense. That was always nonsense that Marvin Lewis completely screwed up. And that's what he did. Uh, It never should have been a competition. And I get it. You can look at the numbers and Randy and Jake are close. I don't care. Jake Elliott should have been the kicker. It should have been his job. And uh, I think Zach Taylor gets that because Austin Seibert, who was a draft pick just a few years ago of the Cleveland Browns, didn't even get to kick on the first day of practice. So, 
hey, it's uh, it's Evan McPherson's job. How about that? Day one, we already know who the kicker is going to be. Well, let's see if Austin Cyber kicks tomorrow, right? Maybe they're going to rotate the guys. But but oh my god! I mean, I'll rip uh, Zach. Zach, I'm coming. If you make this a competition, um, it it cannot be a competition. Sorry. I think it I think it bodes well for the rookie kicker that that he gets the first <laughs> shot that he's out there that he's doing the thing. I, I don't think it's a competition. We talked about this when they drafted him. The Bengals weren't going to draft a kicker and do a Jake Elliott again. I I, I just can't imagine this team in, in the state that it is. And they knew, they knew the state of the roster. Like they're not going to draft a kicker and be like, Oh, we ended up cutting our fifth round pick kicker or, or whatever, because uh, he, he lost the competition. We're not, they're not going to do that again. They know how that looks. I mean, they're already up against the optics. They already have so much to prove. I, I just, um, I'm not the Duke Tobin is making decisions with optics in mind, but I, I just can't imagine it gets to that point. Yeah, unless McPherson was just awful, right? It, it, like if he was two yeah. for six today, he's six for six. Yeah. And, and the one kick that looked kind of borderline, it was because he kicked it so far that it hooked afterwards. And, and that's why, because we were on the far side of the field, I was like, oh, did that go through? It easily went through. And upon, upon further review again, it was uh, it was just that he boomed it and, and it cur- uh, uh, curled afterwards and, and curved off to the side good thing you guys had that extra footage for that further review that sounds like it was instrumental in in the practice today uh we're <laughs> we're pretty close to to out of time for today james but we we haven't talked a ton about the press conferences we haven't talked about a lot of the players what else stood out to you in in training camp today that you were there you got to watch and and hear and observe firsthand well as far as the news conferences are concerned, um, one, it was good to, to hear from the guys that were coming back that are going to be so instrumental. DJ Reader looked physically fit, uh, and I think that's tough coming back from a quad like he was and a, a guy that certainly tried to you know, maintain weight, and he said he's coming in uh, at around 325-ish, so that's, that's pretty damn good, I would say, coming off of injury. So he, he looked pretty good to me. Uh, the other thing that stands out, and, and we could get into you know Bay's extension and you know the the con or the potential extension and Hubbard's shirt, but did you see the way Joe Burrow looked? My man looks like he's like he's a damn model now. I don't know what the hell happened. It was my first time seeing Burrow in person, and I don't think he looked like that last year. So I don't know what he did. Maybe he's eating built bars all the time. I don't know. But I need to, to get that. He told me he was cutting out dairy. If cutting out dairy does that, man, I don't know if I can do that because I'd love me some Skyline. But, man, I might have to consider it. It was a long time ago, but you might remember at the beginning of the show I described Joe Burrow as looking like a Greek god. And uh, yeah, I also tweeted today. I didn't get to pay attention very much throughout the day. I was really busy at work. But I did get a couple of tweets off about Joe Burrow because I was able to watch that press conference. And he uh, he looks great. It looks like a billion bucks and uh, not not a million. That's not enough, especially with inflation. But um, yeah, he looks great. I, I think he sounds determined. I, I just think that he has the it. Uh, but yes, he looked absolutely fantastic. And not just the teeth. You know, he, he always makes sure, makes sure that his hair is on point. He had a fresh haircut. I remember that he always seemed to be prepared for press conferences with, with fresh haircuts and We've talked about the teeth. The teeth continue to look great. And 
I'm glad that he's a quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. He's he's fun to watch play football, and uh, he might have a future in modeling a la Tom Brady. During the news conference, I'm like, what movie are we in now? Yeah. Like some of the questions that were being asked and his answers, which most of them are pretty plain. You know, I don't even want to say generic, but he's just not going to give you anything. He's just telling you how he feels. And I'm like, man, is this like the game plan too? featuring Joe Burrow, not The Rock. Like, did Disney come out with something? Am I on set right now? So it. I, I think part of it was uh, a little surreal, too, because that was the first in-person news conference I had been in since I rejoined the Bengals beat. Uh, so my last in-person news conference was when I was still covering the Cleveland Cavaliers, Jake, shortly uh, after they had moved on from their coach and, and all that stuff. And I won't get into the particulars there, but think yeah. about that. Think about how long ago that was. I've lived in two different houses since then. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back in Cincinnati, nice and comfortable. There we go. And in Cincinnati <clears throat> is great because that means you will be in person at the remainder of the training camp practices. We will have recaps for you every day. We will maybe take some questions tomorrow if we have space. So we're going to have to see how we feel, see if we think we'll have time with the early parts of training camp here. But until next time, Bengals fans, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hooday, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.